Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right, another week, and we've had live hitting here at training camp as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 105. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with one of my favorite people in the business, one of the smartest football guys in the media, and a Philly guy through and through, Mike Mayock. Mike and I didn't get a chance to sit down and have a full-on discussion because of the crazy schedule for both of us here at training camp, but I did grab him for a few big questions that I feel are most important as this team prepares for its first preseason game next week. I can't believe it's here already. Next up in scouting report, this week we will break down a rookie that we know could be a huge part of the Eagles' plans on the defensive side of the football and who has made his share of plays so far in training camp. But before we get into all that, let's not waste any time. Again, I spent a few minutes this morning talking with NFL Network analyst and Eagles color commentator Mike Mayock for this preseason. Let's get to that chat now in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Very happy to be joined by a guy that needs no introduction. If you listen to this podcast, then you certainly are aware of who Mike Mayock is and what he means not just to this town, but to this entire sport. Mike, I appreciate the time. And let me start off with this. This team started live hitting on Tuesday. Defense coordinator Jim Schwartz talked after practice on Tuesday, and he talked about how the performance of the defense on Tuesday wasn't great. What were your biggest takeaways now that it's Wednesday? You came out, you watched practice this morning, watching this team today, watching this defense. I thought we got to see them fly around a bit and make some plays. We got to saw the energy from that side of the football. What were your big takeaways watching this defense on Wednesday morning? Yeah, I've been hearing all the buzz about the offense, and I was here last Friday, and it was kind of an offensive day. Uh, there was a lot of red zone work today, and I thought the defense did a great job, especially in 7-on-7 seven seven and team. Uh, offense couldn't complete a pass, so you get a little frustrated. But in, I could see Carson Wentz getting a little frustrated, but the defense did a great job, uh, especially that first group of not letting anybody get in the end zone. I'll tell you who the key I find. Malcolm Jenkins just continues to just impress me, and he's got a plan on every snap. You can see him and Rodney McLeod talking. Uh, they're coordinating everything on the back end. The corners did a nice job. Again, in a compressed area of the red zone, the defense has a little bit more of an advantage. And uh, I loved the way Jenkins communicated. And I thought the young corners really stood up and played well today. I 1,000% agree. I, I thought Malcolm really stood out in a number of areas today. Let me ask you this, though, about this rookie class. You know, obviously you're very aware of all these players. There were so many contributions from the Eagles rookie class a year ago. You had Carson Wentz and Isaac Sayamalo, Wendell Smallwood. All those guys had an impact, Jalen Mills. But when you look at this class, it looks like the Eagles are going to be leaning on this group as well, and whether it's a guy like Derek Barnett or Russell Douglas or Donnell Pumphrey or Matt Collins. Obviously, we know what kind of talent they're missing on in Sidney Jones, but when you see these players that we've seen here, these first-year guys on the field, these couple days that you've seen here this summer, what have been your biggest takeaways? What have you seen from this group so far? I love Derek Barnett because everything you saw on tape comes true again here in practice to the point where he works so darn hard, he's kind of pissing off the offensive linemen. And, and, you know, you, you watch Jason Peters look at him like, come on, Rook, why are you going so hard? And that's good because he's pushing Jason Peters. So I like his attitude. 
I like the way he gets off the ball. I like the way he competes. So, and that's what you want out of a first-round pick like that. So, I, I thought he's been excellent. I think with Rasul Douglas, what you're going to see, uh, especially early in the season, is some some really good and some. And you're going to see him struggle a little bit too. Um, I think he's most comfortable with that long body when he presses, gets his hands on at the line of scrimmage. He's a different guy than when he's got a change direction, move his feet when he's off. So uh, he's been fun to watch. Matt Collins as a wideout slash special teams player is developing. Uh, and I love when they have Pumphrey and Sproles in the same huddle. I, I think as a former safety or if I was a linebacker, I would hate to see those two in a huddle together because you have no idea where they're going to line up, what kind of motion, who's going to catch the ball. It's, it's, I think there's some real versatility for the signal caller for the Philadelphia Eagles. And then you've got Carson Wentz, who really makes all of it go. We got to see him this past weekend on Saturday in a 7-on-7 drill. He goes 15 for 15. He made some outstanding touch passes out there today at practice down in the red zone. He fits some balls in the tight windows at times today as well. We've seen that throughout camp. Going into the preseason, and we start a week from Thursday out in Green Bay, what are you hoping to see from him this summer before we get to the regular season? Is there anything in particular you're hoping to see from Carson? Well, I, I think you're hoping for development. And I've been bullish on Carson, Carson Wentz from the first time I saw him play at North Dakota State. Um, I thought he, I mean, he had to throw the ball, I thought, too much a year ago. Uh, he got in some bad habits, forcing the football a little bit. So what I'm really hoping to see this year is a cleaner version of Carson Wentz. Continue to do all the things he can do, move around in the pocket, make throws, intermediate and deep, take advantage of what the defense gives you, but also no turnovers, no interceptions, no fumbles, no strip sacks. I think those are the things you're looking for is reducing turnovers. All right, Mike, let's go to the other side of the football on defense because one guy who really I thought just looked dominant on Tuesday during live action was Tim Jernigan, who the Eagles traded for this offseason to replace Benny Logan. I think I had Jernigan down for three or four tackles during live action alone on Tuesday. He's been outstanding to watch in pass rush one-on-one -on -one drills as well. I know you always watch those whenever you're here. I can't wait to watch him in Eagles Green this fall next to Fletcher Cox, in between guys like Brandon Graham and Vinnie Curry and Derek Barnett. When you compare Jernigan to Benny Logan in a vacuum, what do you see as the biggest differences there? Well, I think when you see Fletcher Cox and Jernigan lined up together and you start talking about pushing the pocket on a quarterback, I think what Jernigan offers is both power and speed. And he can push the pocket physically and get up under a guard or a center with leverage, or he can use a little shimmy and go, which I think is a little different than what Logan had. I think Logan was an outstanding run defender, but didn't offer quite as much versatility in the pass rush game. Mike, the offensive line as a group has probably been the position that's impressed me the most, especially since the pads have come on here in training camp this summer. When you look at that talent across the board in the starting five, and then you look at the depth that they now have up front at every spot, and it's with a mix of youth and veteran talent. And I just think back to a couple of years ago, this was considered kind of a weak point of this offense. Now it's, it's really a strength. Is it crazy for me to say that they could be the strength of this entire offense blocking for Carson Wentz? And if they aren't, what do they need to do to get to that point? Yeah, I, I think the key when you look at offensive lines in the NFL is understanding that only seven typically dress on a Sunday. So you need your starting five, and then you need versatility with your backups. And I think that's what the Eagles have. So if Lane Johnson and Jason Peters can play 16 games at the level they're capable of playing, that is an immense help. They're two gifted, all-pro talent-type players. 
Kelsey's solid in, in, in the middle. Sayamalo, I think, is a young guy who's going to be a really good football player. So when you start looking at that and saying, okay, now who are the backups? Well, Chance Wormack is pushing a little bit with Sayamalo at left guard. Uh, I think Gordon, uh, the former tight end, is really an intriguing guy who needs to have a good camp to, to keep a roster spot. He's got a lot of talent. I think they're pushing hard to see whether he can play that left tackle position. But they've got Wisniewski inside. They can play all three inside positions. They've got Tobin. I think they've got a ton of versatility as far as their backups. All right, great stuff from Mike. And you can follow him on Twitter just like I do, at Mike Mayock. And while you're at it, I'm at FDuffy3. That's where I post all of the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce here at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And you know I really appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on social media. That is one way to support the show, but the other is to go on to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, give us a rating, and even leave us a comment. I wanted to give a shout-out to R2RS88 and 3Eagles fan who both left a review and rated the show on Apple Podcasts. Podcast. Thanks so much for your comments and your ratings on the show and all of you out there for your continued support for this show and all the rest of our podcast offerings on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. All right, before we keep moving here, and since I was only able to grab Mike because of how hectic things are here at the Novacare Complex today, uh, I thought that before we moved into the scouting report, I'd just give you five players that have really stood out to me so far through the first week and a half of practice. And I could have made this list 10 guys. I could have made it 15. There have been a lot of players that have flashed. And if you haven't read up on me and Chris McPherson's uh, practice report notes each and every day, I promise that there's no other place where you're going to see more in-depth reporting on what we see at practice. Not giving our full analysis, but what we see with our eyes happening out there on the field. Go check that out every single day on PhiladelphiaEagles.com or on the Eagles mobile app. But I wanted to give you guys five names, and in no particular order, just five names that have really stood out to me. And first off, i got to say Nelson Aguilar. And really the big thing, this goes back to the spring, the big thing with me watching Nelson right now is that he's playing faster than we've ever seen him play. And he's always talked about how he wants to play fast. And I remember him saying that his second year, last year, that he wants to play fast. Well, right now, he is playing fast. You know, you see it on his releases off the line of scrimmage. You see it on his route running. You see it at the catch point. He went up and made a catch over Jalen Mills today in the back corner of the end zone where you saw him high point the football. He looked confident at the catch point. He goes down. He comes down with it. You saw him make, uh, to me, probably the catch of the day was on a play where Carson Wentz rolled out to his right on a, on a waggle play, on a naked play. He rolls to his right. He's got Nelson Aguilar coming from the backside on a shallow crossing route right at the goal line, and Carson puts the ball right where he needs to be, very low and away where only Nelson could get it, away from the defender on the backside, and Nelson goes down away from his body, makes the catch, plucks it off the ground for a touchdown. I thought it was outstanding. and just an idea of where Nelson has come in terms of his confidence. He looks confident. He looks comfortable. I saw him on the sideline today working with Alshon Jeffrey just on working off his releases. Those two have a previous relationship. So whatever it is, you're just seeing Nelson Aguilar really starting to play fast, and I'm really hoping that it carries over into the preseason and then over to the regular season where we can really kind of see him realize that talent and take on more of a consistent role in this offense and kind of show that talent that he, you know, that made him one of the top picks in the 2015 NFL draft. And, and Nelson has the ability to do that. I'm very, very excited for him and seeing how he can transition into a new role here in this Eagles offense because, again, he is playing fast. I go back to the conversation I had with Mike Quick a, a week ago here on this show, and we talked about Shelton Gibson, and I asked him, 
you know, when you're thinking things through and Shelton right now is still kind of struggling with, you know, the route running aspect and he's still kind of thinking things through. Can that affect you at the catch point? Because Shelton has had a, a, lot, a lot of different drops uh, throughout the course of the summer and going back to the spring. Mike said, absolutely. So when you talk about playing fast and that's where Nelson is right now, he's playing fast. I think a lot of that has to do with just his overall comfort and confidence. He's going out there, and all the movements that he's doing, it's all second nature. He's not thinking it through. But you're seeing people that were at open practice on Sunday, you saw some of the clips that went out in social media of his ability to separate, his ability to win at the line of scrimmage and win as a route runner. Nelson has done that day in and day out here at practice. And so he's one guy that absolutely stood out. Number two for me is Tim Jernigan, and I mentioned that talking with Mike earlier. I watched Tim Jernigan uh, going back to the spring. He was near unblockable in OTAs and in minicamp. And then you see here they get the full pads on in camp. They go to one-on-ones with the O-line and D-line, and he's nearly unblockable in one-on-ones. And then they go into the live hitting session on Tuesday. I counted, I, I said it with Mike, I counted three or four tackles, two of them behind the line of scrimmage uh, in those live to-the-ground periods, those tackling periods that they had. And Tim Jernigan was, was a monster, and, and Jim Schwartz talked about that today. Uh, when you look at Fletcher Cox and when teams are sliding towards Fletcher Cox, having somebody next to him that can win a one-on-one -on -one battle, that can win a one-on-one -on -one matchup against a guard consistently as a pass rusher, now we're talking about uh, cooking with gas here as an Eagles defensive line in this front four. I'm really, really excited, not just with Derek Barnett, but with Tim Jernigan, what those additions are going to do for Fletcher Cox and the rest of this Eagles defense. Number three for me, and I'm going to stay in the trenches, Isaac Sayamalu, you know, he, he has stood out to me. Uh, he, he arrived as the starter, the quote-unquote starter, at left guard. He's looked stout in one-on-one -on -one drills. He's looked, uh, he's looked like he's got very quick feet. We knew he had that versatility. He lined up. He got starts at four different offensive line positions last year. But you see his ability to both move people. Once he latches on, you see that hand strength, that grip strength, and then also his ability to get to the second level. I saw that on Tuesday a lot. Uh, his ability to get to the second level, cut off defenders from the backside. You saw him reach some blocks in the in the run game, him reaching a defensive tackle or on the opposite side and opening up a crease for a running back on those sweep plays and those power plays and counter plays. He's got the ability to move his feet and create a seal, use his leverage, and, and create an opening for the ball carrier. I think that Isaac Sayamalo, to me, has stood out to me watching the offensive line. And now to the skill positions, Marcus Johnson. You know, Nelson Aguilar has had a great camp, but Marcus Johnson's right there with him. Uh, a big kid who can run. I think he only had like 60-some catches during his college career at Texas. They had some quarterback issues throughout his career down there. But Marcus Johnson, who was an undrafted free agent a year ago, I thought he had a pretty good camp. He looked intriguing a year ago. Looks like a completely different player now. He's big. He's explosive. He's had a big catch every single day. Uh, going downfield, you see him run in the open field, especially with how big he is. He is really, really impressive. No matter what he's doing, if he's on special teams, if he's on the outside, winning in the slot, going up and attacking the football, Marcus Johnson has really, really impressed me in a number of different ways. I'm really, really excited about what he can be moving forward in this Eagles offense. And then lastly, number five, has to be number 11, Carson Wentz. You know, you saw, I mentioned earlier to Mike, you saw that 15 for 15 performance in the seven on seven drill. Look, it wasn't like every single one of those throws was a little dump off pass, a little swing pass, a check down. No, he's hitting deep dig routes to Mac Hollins. He's hitting vertical routes to Torrey Smith and touch routes, touch passes on corner routes to Zach Ertz and tight window throws to Trey Burton. It was a really, really impressive performance. And every single day we've seen Carson make big time throws from the pocket for on the move, no matter what Car you know, has he been perfect? 
Of course not. He had a, they had a drill today where they had 12 shots to get into the end zone from inside the 20. They went 0 for 12. It was the best defensive performance I've seen from the defense this camp. There have been some days where he's the ball's gotten away from him a little bit on some of those throws outside the numbers. But overall, Carson Wentz has looked uh, really strong. You see the arm. You see the touch. Most importantly to me, you see the command and the comfort. You can tell that the guys rally around him. And there are plenty of times where you see quarterbacks around the league that talk the talk and they look like they're going to be the franchise quarterback. Well, watching Carson Wentz here in camp, you can see that he's beginning to walk the walk. He, he kind of has that aura about him. Really, really excited to watch Carson continue to develop here in this Eagles offense. So after all that, there are the players that stood out to me so far through camp. But one player that I'm really anxious to see once he comes back from injury, and this is no secret, I'm not you know breaking any news here, is cornerback Sidney Jones. Will it be this fall? Will it be 2018? No one knows for sure, but the Eagles are extremely excited about getting a talent of his caliber in the second round when he absolutely would have been in the discussion at the 14th pick before his injury at his pro day this spring. Well, this spring we talked quite a bit about Jones throughout the early part of the offseason on the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by AAA. Let's take a look back at all the times we talked about Sidney Jones before he was made an Eagle in April. Let's talk about six players who are underclassmen that we're excited to learn more about in the draft process. And we've talked a lot about Dory Jackson in the last segment. I'm going to start things off, and I'll stick with the cornerback position. And I'm going to go with Sidney Jones, the cornerback out of Washington, also in the Pac-12. The plus with him is he's tall at six foot one. He's got great experience. He started 12 of 13 games as a freshman, two-time first-team All-Pac-12 selection. Productive, had nine career interceptions. Uh, tape shows that he can play press and off coverage. He's willing to play the run. Uh, playmaking style similar to his former teammate Marcus Peters, who was a first-round pick of the Kansas City Chiefs. The big question with him is bulk because he's only listed at 170 pounds. We don't know what he'll weigh in at the combine, but can he add mass without losing speed in the process? So that's going to be my first guy there. Sidney Jones, who a lot of things I like about him, a potential first-round selection, the question with him will be size and how can he hold up at the cornerback spot. I'm going to go with Sidney Jones from Washington. You know, he's listed 6'1", 170. So you say, oh, 170, that's pretty light, right? No corner drafted in the last five years has been under 170 pounds, and he's six foot one. So that gives you an idea of how skinny he is, and that that's going to be a question for teams, especially if he can hold up in the run game. But he's physical. I do like his ball skills. My question, though, with him is his deep speed. I mentioned that with Quincy Wilson. That's why I'm anxious to see Sidney Jones weigh in and then also work out. I want to see him run the 40 and see how fast he can go. Teron, you mentioned his name earlier, and that's a guy that I know you're very, very high on. Sidney Jones, the corner from Washington, uh, he's got good size as a junior who declared for the draft. What is it about Sidney Jones that makes him the number one corner for you? There, there's a couple things. I love his patience. He's a guy that even if that cushion is eliminated, you don't see him panic. A lot of times you see a corner, you know, when that receiver gets up in their face, you know, when they eliminate that pillow, that, that corner will kind of panic, and you see him a lot of wasted movement, and then a bad situation gets even worse. You don't see that from Sidney Jones. Another thing I like is he's always in phase. He's always in position to make plays. His footwork is superb. I saw him live against uh, Arizona State, and I, I'm telling you, the footwork is there. The ability to turn and run the loose hits that you want, you know, to be able to cover double moves, also to be able to click and close 
on those comeback routes and things like that. It's all there. He breaks on the ball very well. And then in addition, he plays the ball well also. He's a guy that will turn the football over. He's not afraid to come up and make plays against the run either. I, I love that about him. I think he's a complete corner. And in my book, he's someone that could come in and start either outside or at the very least bump inside and play nickel for the Eagles. He's my top corner 100%. The biggest story to come out of the weekend is that of Sidney Jones, the talented corner from Washington, rupturing his Achilles on the last drill, the last rep during the defensive back drills at the Pro Day at Washington. A mid-first-round prospect, most likely. Mock drafts had him go into the Eagles. And now, all of a sudden, we don't know where he will land with an injury that's going to keep him out all of the 2017 season. Yeah, and it seems like every year there's you know one or two of these situations that pop up where a guy is doing a drill at his pro day that he's probably run thousands of times in his life he, you know nothing different than any other any other drill where he's just turning around and you know popping out of his stance and something goes wrong so um you know there's like i said there's always situations like this the question is how far down does he fall um because the talent obviously is is, is still there he's still a really talented cornerback but how much will an injury like this linger throughout his career is the big question one other position that i think a lot of fans are very excited about and rightfully so is the cornerback spot, and after Howie Roseman made the reference back to the 2002 draft where you had Lito Shepard and Sheldon Brown go off the board, what do you think are the possibilities here for them to double dip early in this draft at the cornerback spot, and what would be the ideal duo for you? Who are two corners in the first, we'll say, two or three rounds that really kind of pique your interest from an Eagles perspective? Well, first of all, I think they would be smart to go ahead and draft a couple of corners. Uh, when, when you look tr- traditionally, uh, you're going to need multiple cornerbacks if you're going to be a good defense. And the Eagles in the last few years have struggled to draft and develop young corners. And this is uh, something that you, you can't just put it all in one player's there. If you spend a first-round pick on that guy, he's the answer. You need to really address, uh, attack the position with a lot of resources, find good players, and if you go back to what you know they're talking about, the Eagles had the best secondary in all of football, and then they spent their first three picks in, in the draft on you know Lito, uh, Lito Shepard, Sheldon Brown, and Michael Lewis. So they already had the best secondary, and they, they made it even better. But, again, they were thinking long-term, and that ties into what we were just talking about with wide receiver. Just because you're good now doesn't mean you should not look to be good in the future as well. And at corner, you can also spend multiple resources. From, so that one draft teaches us a couple of valuable lessons. Don't just look at the roster as it is now and say that we're set in stone. Look long-term and use multiple resources if you can see an area needs a youthful upgrade, and obviously Corner does. So um, the unfortunate situation here is that Sidney Jones would have been a prime target at 14. He uh, tore his Achilles at his pro day in Washington the other day, so that takes him out of the mix. And i got to be honest with you, there's no corner that I'm in love with right now at pick 14. There's some corners I have interest in. There's nobody I'm in love with. Eric, you live in the Philadelphia area. You obviously hear the sports talk buzz about what's what's going on with the Eagles and who the team should pick. Are there any prospects who you think would be ideal fits for the Eagles who maybe aren't being discussed by the general media? I think the one guy that I'm most curious about where he ends up after his injury is Sidney Jones of Washington. I think if the Eagles pass on cornerback in round one because they now have cornerback options, I think, for the short term, taking a guy like Sidney Jones could be a tremendous value. And 
two years ago they took Eric Rowe in the second round, who at the time some teams thought was a French first-round quarterback, and they got him in round two. I think that could be a similar situation this year where they can kind of still address their most pressing need at cornerback in round two and get almost a first-round talent. So I think a Sidney Jones-type fit in round two can make a lot of sense to the Eagles. I think a lot of teams in round two will be anxious to get Sidney Jones from Washington because he's usually a first-round pick. We have him graded as a fringe French first, early second round pick. I think if he's there in mid to late second round area, it'd be a great trip for like the Eagles that has playoff aspirations but also wants to get great value in the second and third round. All right, let's keep the show going. We just spent some time talking about Sidney Jones. How about his draft mate in the secondary? Let's talk a bit about Razul Douglas in our scouting report. Dim those lights. We're headed to the film room for the scouting report. All right, so Razul Douglas, a semi-local kid from East Orange, New Jersey. He was the Eagles' third-round pick out of West Virginia, second-team All-American this year, first-team All-Big 12. It was his only year as a starter. He was only there uh, in Morgantown for two seasons, led the country this year with eight interceptions, really helped himself as well down at the Senior Bowl as he was the practice player of the week in the secondary. So a really, really good uh, senior year, then the pre-draft process was really strong for Razul Douglas, really helped himself after he was pretty much off the radar this time a year ago for college scouts. Now, a one-year starter in Tony Gibson's 3-3 stack steam down there in West Virginia. He got plenty of reps on both sides of the formation, so at right corner and at left corner and even in the slot at times. And he was primarily in off coverage, which is really interesting considering his size. A lot of off coverage there in a mix of both man and zone. So he wasn't just a zone corner, wasn't just a press man guy big-bodied corner that looked every bit of his listed six foot two, two 210 pounds. If you haven't seen Razul Douglas in person yet, I promise that you will be very surprised that he is a corner when you watch him because he has got great size. He was one of the guys that really impressed me during the weigh-ins. The first time I ever saw him up close down at the Senior Bowl looked every bit of 6'2", 210 pounds. He carries his weight very well, was carved up when you saw him down at the Senior Bowl. And every time I see him here at the Novacare Complex, again, you're surprised that he's a corner uh, with how big he is. When he's in press, he's got the, uh, he absolutely has the length and the play strength to disrupt early in the down and be a guy that can remove a receiver from the progression early in the down. He's very methodical as well and off coverage, though. A lot of experience and off. He doesn't have perfect feet, but he's, un what, he's under control, which is extremely important, reacts really quickly to throws in front of him. And for a guy his size, to me, I saw a guy that was a solid athlete. He's fairly fluid downfield. He's got the ability to change direction and hit pocket and man coverage, and he will use his length really well at the catch point. Was really productive off the ball this year in his lone year as a starter. I mentioned he had eight picks, left a couple more on the field, and he's got a, the, a knack for finding the ball late. You know, some guys, they'll turn and face the receiver. If they're out of phase, they get beaten, which happens to every corner in the NFL. But can you then turn and find the ball late downfield? Razul Douglas has the ability to find the ball late, and that's one of the traits I think that helped him become a third-round pick. And I think in most years, honestly, he would have been a second-round pick, but this draft was so deep at the corner spot that he fell a little bit further than he normally would have. He's effective in those contested catch situations with his strength, his length, his ability to time his jumps. He's got good size. He plays to that frame, really enjoys the physical aspect of playing defense. He's a really strong run defender, always in his gap. He sets a hard edge as a force player, very forceful form tackle. It'll wrap up, bring his feet, and he packs a punch. He was used to blitz as a blitzer at times off the boundary, and he's a high-motor kid that looks to make plays in pursuit. Now, there is a reason why he fell to the third round. He's not a perfect prospect. So where were the issues that I saw watching him at West Virginia? Well, to me, 
He projects best as a press corner, but he was used ve- he was used very sparingly at the line of scrimmage, except in those two-man coverage looks, which the Eagles do play a good amount of two-man, so easier to make that projection into the scheme. Like every other big, long corner, he certainly has a level of stiffness to him. He's not the best athlete in the world. He's not an A-plus athlete, but you're not you're going to give and take there with a guy who's 6'2", 210 pounds, especially when he has to break down and open at a 45-degree angle or drive on an in-breaking route. He can look a little bit leggy at the top of a route break but he plays faster than his reported time a lot of people were worried about his top end speed it wasn't great at the combine or his pro day I thought he played faster in a straight line than what we saw uh, from those times he gave up some big plays last year but remember pass happy big 12 a lot of air raid offenses they're chucking the ball 85 82 percent of the time out there in that conference big plays are going to happen when you play corner in that conference but to me the fact that he's so big, he's so long, he's got good instincts, he's got a knack for playing the football, you can win with those traits in the NFL. So really, really excited about Razul Douglas. I saw him, and this is something I wrote before the draft, I saw him as a potential starter on the outside, needed some seasoning, there were some athletic limitations, but I think he's got a ton of ability. I love his toughness, his instincts. He's got. A, he's a big, strong disruptor, the ability to be a, strong, a big, strong disruptor at the line of scrimmage, and I love those ball skills. He won't be a fit for everybody, because of those limitations, but I think he's got a chance to be a really solid player with a high floor. So that's how I feel about Razul Douglas, and I'm really, really excited to see him. One of the things that stood out to me so far here since he's been an Eagle, anytime he gives up a play in practice, which he has, he has given up his share of plays in practice, if there's anything negative, he bounces back with a positive play almost instantaneously. I can remember back to Tuesday's practice, he gave up. It was a run to his side, and Jason Kelsey was used as a puller and just melted him on the perimeter, right in the flat, just dumped Razul Douglas down. Razul, I don't even know if he even saw it coming, but Kelsey just wiped Razul Douglas to the ground. Smallwood busted one down the left sideline. Very next play, Carson Wentz drops back, goes towards Razul Douglas' inter- uh, direction, and Razul jumps up, makes a play for the interception. That's kind of how it's been for Razul Douglas for over the course of the spring and summer. You've seen a lot of those good plays come on the back end of a negative play. We talked about that last year with Jalen Mills, that short memory, that confidence, that swagger. I think Razul Douglas has a little bit of that. So very, very exciting to watch him continue to develop here for the Eagles during the, during the summer and into these preseason games next week. So great stuff from Mike Mayock this week. And all of you out there listening, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, and, of course, on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and the Eagles mobile app. Thank you. And if you get the time, again, rate the show, leave us a comment, let us know what you think. We only have a couple more weeks left before we get into the groove here in the regular season. So if you have any questions about this team, about this scheme, anything in the NFL, anything X's and O's, all 22, do not be afraid to leave a comment, rate the show, and I will answer it here on the podcast. All that being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I'm Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.